Today's Vad has been dedicated to Louis Nishmat of Rameya Ben Svi. As at the Sermon of the Zechut of the Limuda Torah and the Zechut of the Tzedakah, the Neshama Shehaven Aliyah. Okay, so yesterday we got into the topic of Tefillah. Uh, it really came from the Rabbi Sosalanta, but we went off a little bit. And then we'll get back to Rabbi Sosalanta. I just want to finish the Indian. So yesterday, we said a massive insight for Rabbi Rucham. It was Mazbir Chazal. That Chazal told us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu conveyed a message to the Jewish people. That when they were in Mitzrayim and they had no hope, all odds were against them. They were in a situation, a hopeless situation. They cried out to Hashem in a certain way of being machniyat to Hashem that they realized they have no uh, ground to stand on. Very, uh, there's no, there's nothing to, to hold on to in a tangible way, and therefore they're totally and completely dependent on Hashem. But after Hakadosh Baruch Hu took them out of Egypt. It was kind of a bit of a change in attitude. It means they still daven to Hashem, but it wasn't with the same realization that they have that every single day is a hopeless day. Every single situation, no matter how unhopeless, how how it looks unbelievable, you know, secure. But really, what are you relying on? You have nothing to rely on. So you have to rely on Hashem. So therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, put them in a situation before, in front of the Yamsuf that they should have this recognition again. It means they didn't deserve to, they didn't do anything wrong that Hashem should send the Egyptians after them in front of the Yam and to put them into a matzav of Sakono. The whole point of that matzav was only to bring them to the realization of what type of tefillah Hashem wants to hear from them. Okay, that's what we learned yesterday. So let's build on it. Again, we're learning from my Sefer, or Meir, and we'll try to build on it a little bit. Okay? So this is where we're up to. Apidvar v'nuchol lahoven es ha-nimshol. Now we understand the nimshol. Anachnu, anu kulanu, b'nei melochem anachnu. Kolechad meitanu margish yesh lekech v'chochmo. We have certain skills, abilities... We have a neshama. Neshama is a very unbelievable power that we have within us. So when we see all our abilities and our koiches and our chachma, the tangible realities kind of take away from us the feeling that we are totally and completely dependent on Hashem. We don't daven on a daily basis as if we're in a difficult situation. It's just speaking out a bakosha. Tefillah has to ride on the fact that there is nothing but him. Boy, teach boy. He's relying on Hashem. He's standing on Him. He's resting on Him. 
This is the type of tefillah that Hashem wants. Why? Hashem is mesave for that tefillah. He wants that tefillah, not for himself, for us. Because that will develop the relationship and the closeness that have with Hashem. Okay? So the achno is the tachlis. The Yeshua is not the tachlis. The achno is the tachlis. Again, right? So we said from the Chazal, why did Hashem make them uh, in this situation? Because he wanted the tefillah. Usually we look at it that the Torah has a tachlis. And then when you want a Yeshua, you pray. Over here we're learning that the prayer is the tachlis. The Torah is to create prayer. How could prayer be a tachlis? Because prayer is a certain avoidah that a person is dovak to Hashem and to Enoid Muvadah. So sometimes he needs a situation to bring him to that awareness, even though Ba'atsa we should do that every day. But he needs a situation to bring him to that awareness. So when Hashem is Mis'ave, he wants that awareness. He knows that that awareness is the best thing for us. So the situation is to create the awareness and the tefillah becomes the tachlis, not the tzara. Okay? Sometimes the tzara is, let's say, a midas hadin, it has a tachlis in itself. The yasurim have a tachlis in itself. And then there could be a work of tefillah over there too. But we're learning over here that there's a tefillah that the guy's problems is only so he can daven. Because every day he's not davening. Because life has gone good for him. So the, the, the tzara is the tachlis to, to produce a tefillah. That's Rabbi Ruch. Okay? Fine. Omnum lispal boyfin zayin adov and poshin kibakal. It's not easy. Hodim tzarech alamad atzmi alavad al zeh. Atchinim sashid dover zehu be'emes umnus. That's now explaining the chazal that we started yesterday. It says, tafsu umnus. The chazal called tefillah an umnus, a profession. Why is it a profession? He asked, right? Profession needs training. A profession needs uh, skills, right? Why is it a profession? Now we understand why tefillah is a profession. Because it needs a tremendous amount of skill and hergal and practice. Elvis taught us this umnus. And a goy is not shaykh to the avoid of tefillah. And that's the Rashi at the end of Shir Hashirim. Hare'ini et maraich. Omalei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hare'ini et maraich as kishun pu'lasech, humi'at apoyne be'esora. That means that uh, it's a tremendous umnus, Rashi is saying, to turn to Hashem be'esora and to realize that hagam in the chush, it looks like there's no eitzah. You have to believe that by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no chilek between a scary situation and not a scary situation. You have to be able to rise above the tangible reality that you're in. So immediately, like, there's two sides to the coin here. Let's try to get this clear. There's two sides to the coin. There's one side of the coin is when everything is going well, not to rely on the, the situation when it's going well and realize it's in my novadoy. And the same, the other side of the coin is in the time of sorrow not to give up. Because by Hashem, there's no chilek. You could uh, change the situation in a second. So it's two sides of the same coin of Eno and Milvada, and that needs practice, that needs training, that's umnus to be able to do such a thing. Okay? Good. 
So then we had a kasha, which we're going to bring another Rabbi Ruchim, that's going to miyash of this kasha. And between the two Rabbi Ruchims, you see one massive Yisoyed emerging. Okay? So Rabbi Ruchim asked that it says in the Chazal that the Jewish people were in trouble. Right? So what they do? They prayed. Why they prayed? Because they took the profession of the Avot. How do we know that the oven have others have such a profession that they pray based sorrow? So the Chazal bring Mekoyrus. The Mekoyrus that the Chazal bring is Avram made Shachris, Yitzchok made Mincha, Yaakov made Arbit. So Rabbi Yerucham asked, that doesn't show me, it's not a riot to what we're talking about. They're davening Shachris on a daily basis. Mincha on a daily basis. We're talking about davening based sorrow. Maybe you would think that when the situation is helpless, maybe over there there's no Indian of tefillah, you know, how do you know, you have to bring me a riot to the Nidin that we're dining on. Because if the Midas din is strong, and the circumstances in Teva are impossible, maybe over here we don't know that there's such a Mokham from tefillah, right? So where's the Makar? So this Rabbi Yerucham says like this. I'm going to read you his words in Mazbin. So he says like this. We don't find in the Psukim that the others daven bedafka in a Eistzar. Okay? Ula, Megalim, Lano, Chazal. Chazal is revealing to us Yediyah Gedoyla, tremendous Yisoyed. Ki avoyz ha-kedoshim af b'matzav ha-noyach even when they were in a good situation. They prayed as if they were in the most dangerous situation. Like Pachas Klal, nothing less, There was, when they're walking on a regular Sunday afternoon, and they dab mincha on a regular Sunday afternoon, they prayed with the same feeling that they're as in trouble as the Jewish people are when they're standing by the Yamsu. Why? This is a miracle. I'm quoting him word for word. Since we don't have a place in nature, so we're always in a matzav, min hametza. They have nothing to stand on. Ever. If a person really does his avoid properly, he will realize he never has anything to stand on anyway. It's just that in certain situations of tzaris, that's when you can see it with your own eyes. But before you have tzarot, you have to, in Yiddish they say, vorstellen. you have to be able to imagine it. You understand? Okay? So now, Stephen, how you doing? Okay, listen to this amkistiki yesoid of Rabbi Rocham. V'zehu inyan tofsu umnus avoysam. All circumstances are the same. 
Okay, I just want to bring out a point though. Even though in Halacha we see, there's a machlekes v'shoinim if you have to daven every day midaraisa, or at least daven three times a day midaraisa. But everybody's masking be'es tzara, you have to daven. Chai, right? So ah, you're going to show me that there's a difference between an ace tzara and a regular day. The Terence says that's on a low level. That means everybody has to be on the level to daven be'es tzara to realize the Einoid Mavad. It's the work of the person on a daily basis to come to that. But the gather of the field is the same. The others live like that on a daily basis. Our job is to try to reach that. But in halacha, to machayev, every single Jew, to daven like a sorrow, that's a high demand that you can't put on everybody. So in halacha, it becomes not the chiv daraisa. And, but when it's a sorrow, everybody can reach that demand. But it doesn't change the gather of what the work of growth and tefillah is. That's what Rabbi Yochum is saying. The growth and tefillah is, if you want to set the bar of growth, it may take you 20 years, but if you want to set the bar of growth and tefillah, is you have to come to a situation that a, a daily davening is the same thing as davening based. Okay, that's what he's saying, Rabbi Yochum. Okay? When a person has to realize, only Hashem saves us. And when you realize this, that's like, it becomes like a get that feel and that's umnus of the others. Okay? That's Rabbi Rucham. That's Every time a person, even if a guy has a million dollars in his bank account, he has to daven for parnosa like a oni. Because that million dollars can go like that. So it's not there. I, the chush, it's there. It's not there. You have to daven like a oni. That's a big madrega. But that's the bar that we're trying to reach. Okay? Fine. Now I go into a whole other thing. I don't know if I should take you into that right now. Should I? Basically, uh, uh, in the shtickle over here in Ormea, I'm putting down a problem. A shtickle kasha. If you're following the steps of the shtickle terry, you should be bothered by a question that l'chayra, how come betochen is not a steerer? Because the chayra, if I have betochen, I should feel like I'm not based on Right? Okay, so that's like a whole nother section with a lot of big work. Big work. I, I will leave that for the betochen bad in the afternoon. I just want to go back because we started from Yisrael. Let's try to fear us here. So Rabbi Shosalanta said that tefillah has to be with a spilus. Let's try to understand that a little bit. There's something called Seichel, which we're going to learn a lot about next week. We're going to go through all the Amkis and Rabbi Sol to get this clear. But he said there's such a thing called Seichel. Seichel, you, let's say he says in Halacha, you work with the Seichel. You go through the Sugyas, you figure it out, you know what the law is. Seichel. And you're able to practice Halacha if you have the Halacha in your Seichel. Okay? But he says, Midas, 
you can't just learn the sugi of midas. It's not a good enough. If I learned all the halachas of Hilchas Gaiva, I learned all the halachas of Hilchas Chesed, I can't practice Anova and Chesed based on only an intellectual pursuit. Doesn't work. It has to create what he calls his spilus. His spilus means it has to touch you in deep within your heart and your emotions. It has to touch you. His spilus. Otherwise, the knowledge won't help in practical, in practice. Got it? Clear? And betochen is like that too, because betochen is not just laws, betochen is a midah. So midah means you have to feel it. Understand? So anything you have to feel, it's not good enough just the intellectual pursuit. Okay, we'll learn more about that next week, Rez Hashem. But, he's saying that tefillah also doesn't work if it doesn't touch you. It's not about the learning the halachas of davening and coming to the minyan and reading the words and having kavona and the pirish hamilas. That's not the whole job. Obviously, that's needed, but that's not the whole job. The job of tefillahs is it has to touch a person. It has to, has to speak to him. It has to touch him in a personal way. And that's why, according to where Rabbi Shol Salant is being magdir, tefillah has to really be different from person to person. We have the same nusach. <coughs> the same nusach we have. We all read the same nusach. But it has to touch us differently. And even in the person himself, according to Rabbi Ruchim, it has to touch you each, according to Rabbi Shol, each time it has to touch you differently. That's why he says that tefillah is called chayesho. Chayesho means it doesn't have a consistency to it. It's only uh, for that time. It means that moment you're touched a certain way. Tomorrow's davening, you're touched a different way. And that's why people don't realize that davening is not like something that's old. You do it again, you do it again, you do it again. It's boring, you know, you read the same words over and over and over and over and over and over. Hadja. Right? No. Because since the Yisraeli tefillah is that it touches you, every day has to touch you differently. That's why it's called Chayashor Ba'etzim. That's what he says. Has to touch you. Now we try to go a little bit deeper into the way that it has to touch you. Right? Mm-hmm. That means that a person has to go through the davening, it's a whole sugya, but through the davening he has to come and realize in his tangible life, in his world, that the things that he stands on are not really uh, such sturdy uh, foundations, right? So let's say a bachor's parents have a, lot, a nice amount of money and they give him allowance, berevach, you know, and he has what he needs. So he's standing on that. That's the platform he's standing on. He doesn't get up in the morning and feel nervous. What's there to feel nervous about, right? There's money in the bank. The business is going well. I call it right? So his work is to see through that tangible reality that seems to be secure. And he has to come to a realization that that's not secure. Because that could go away in a minute. Or, there's not everything that money could buy you. You could be as rich as you want, but you can get a life-threatening illness that money can't pay you anything for it. So he has to realize, aha, so he is in a situation where it's not so simple that he could go through life in a happy way. Okay? So then he comes to, uh, that reality has to touch him, and he has to feel 
insecure from that. And then he has to say, ah, now I can pray. Now I can pray. So that reality, that thought process and that reality is supposed to touch him. Now through the Pesuket de Zimra, he focuses on the words and he gets the messages and he realizes. So then by the time he comes to the Bakosha in Shman Esrei, he's already there. You understand? Intellectually, doesn't need such a long uh, thing, right? The Gemara says that we have to prepare for davening, for Amidah. They prepared one hour, right? To us, we don't prepare one hour. We prepare that Pesukah Nezimra is coming off that, right? Pesukah Nezimra, it's a build-up. What do you need a build-up for? If I tell you intellectually that your health is dependent on Hashem, intellectually... Your uh, parnasa is dependent on Hashem intellectually, so you got it, finished. Finito la comedia. What's the problem, right? And Terence is Rabbi Sosalanta saying, no, it's a spilus anefesh. Spilus anefesh doesn't work like that. Because I can know something intellectually, but it doesn't touch me in my midas. Won't do that. The only way to be touched in your midas, Rabbi Sosal will give us a whole, you said how to do that, but it's more of a different work, something to do with like singing the davening, shuket de zimra. You understand? Something that's more touching the emotions. It, it requires a havana too, and it requires a hisboyness, it requires a sickliistic process as well, as we will learn in Rabbi Sol. There's a thinking, there's a hisboyness, there's a singing, there's, there's some work there. So that's the work of the beginning of davening. So when you come to Shmanasrei, you daven like this, minametza. Follow? Unfortunately, we lost that in davening. Most people, the davening became so small, it only fits the whole davening in between Yehilatzon and Refi and Ose Shalom, where he asks his personal things. That's it. That's his davening. The rest of the siddur he could throw in the garbage. Before and after, he could chuck it out. He has no need from it. But we're learning that that's not tefillah. Because then you're davening like, listen, you know what? I have problems. I have strategies how to deal with them. And I can pray too. It can't hurt to ask Hashem also for some help, you know. And then the days that I have nothing to ask for because the days are going good. So then I don't even have that part of davening and I'm good, right? And then we forgot the whole davening. So the whole davening begins from the, it's a whole build-up, you know. It begins from Bechot HaShachar. And korbanot are really supposed to be part of the davening as, as a build. Psukhenda Zimra, Berkish Krishma. Then the guy is already, goes to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Then he's already in the, in the sugya of this that he's saying over here. So obviously this is a massive work. For sure. Massive work. But Rabbi Rucham is, is outlining for us, Rabbi Rucham and Rabbi Swell, of what the 20 year pursuit we have. To start to know how to make that work, okay? Stop it.